Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Closing out the work week on Hockey Central at noon here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Peter Klein and Logan Gordon with you today. Uh, my cat's freaking out. Everyone's excited about a Friday here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, we, of course, have Eric Francis Fridays a little bit later on today. Ah, the joys of doing the show from home. Let's chat with Peter Lubardius. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you today, sir? Uh, okay, we're going to start a little different today, okay? <laughs> so I just, I just heard you talk about some things going on again in your home. <laughs> so, so leading into the hit, okay, just today, and, and maybe I'm going to, I have maybe finally learned my lesson, and here's what it's about. So it's not to rub it in anyone's nose, but it's a, it's a fairly beautiful, warm day here in southern Ontario. So enjoying a little sunshine, and I like to spend considerable amount of time, I know this will shock you, talking to people that I like on the phone. Um, I prefer to do that over other ways of communication. So I'm outside in the front yard, in the corner, and having a fine conversation with Jamie Thomas, who was awesome to catch up with him, who longtime friend of mine in the business now works for the Winnipeg Jets, formerly of Sportsnet. So one of our neighbors, who I've never even met, comes out of the house very upset at me because I had disturbed his nap. So I have now once and for all, not that I needed any pointing out that being heard in Burlington is probably not always the best way to go about your business. (laughs) So we had yard people who up until about 15 minutes before I started my call, making a lot more noise than even I was capable of. But uh, that's how my day is going. So I had to talk this poor guy off the ledge a little bit and apologize, which I was happy to do. Tell him I would take my conversation to a different place. And uh, hopefully now he's back napping at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) So I I don't know if that goes hand in hand with your cat story, but happy Friday. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My my cat was not happy with the volume with which I started the show off with. Um, and See? she was we're both she was in laying... volume trouble. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We, we project too well. <laughs> um, I can assure you, if you're having a conversation outside today, no one would complain because you would certainly be alone in being I know, outdoors. I know. I know. Uh... I know. I've heard. <laughs> Yeah, another gross one um, out there today. But uh, the the news never stops, even for the snow. And nope. uh, kind of a big kind of a big news day today with the uh, NHL general managers meeting. I, I wonder what they could be talking about as we try to figure out when next season will start and what it will look like. This is uh, quite the uh, a sneaky big day on the NHL calendar. I agree with you, Peter. And although a lot of the news this week is you know there's there's a committee that is yet to address all of it that involves, I understand, nine or ten different players. And, um, you know, they are meeting via Zoom today. And needless to say, right at the top has to be how they're going to play 2021 or, 
you know, what's going to be 21. I don't think there's any question, but the officially the 2021 season. So the GMs are meeting. I think that meeting started two hours ago. I haven't seen any remnants come out about it yet, and I'm sure it'll be a few hours before we do. But, you know, it's it's and then yesterday, of course, for people who didn't hear, um, the league canceled, which was no surprise, right, guys? That no all-star game in Florida, um, no winter classic. So, you know, on our show, we've talked about an all-Canadian division. Well, yesterday, you know, headed up by the fine people in Calgary, I understand. Um, you know, maybe the government is looking at some different things, like COVID testing right at the airport to make quarantining you know, potentially different or making, you know, helping the travel industry and helping people find their way a little better in these very turbulent, difficult times. But, um, you know, what I've thought a lot about, needless to say, and I have a stake in the game, as we all do, Peter, and as we all do, Logan, is, you know, when is this season going to start? And and what's it going to look like? And, you know, the one thing that I wanted to ask you guys about and and talk about is, you know, we were all, including myself, somewhat critical of of baseball in terms of, you know, they just they couldn't quite figure it out. They went back and forth. And what were the players going to be prepared to do? And, you know, when did it make sense for the owners to play with no one coming into the stands and. Um, you know, I don't know how much time you guys have talked about it on your shows in the afternoon. I'm sure you've given it a lot of thought, but you know, this, what I'm hoping for the NHL and they did such an amazing job to lead the way as far as, you know, handling the playoffs and getting through the bubble, but just imagine some of these discussions to try and come up with a, a model that works where you're probably going to start with having no revenue and where do the concessions come from and how many games are you going to settle on? And, you know, the other thing that I found interesting is one thing about, you know, the commissioner of the national hockey league, Gary Bettman, I mean, an incredibly, incredibly smart man who has done so much for the game, whether, you know, you like sometimes how he goes about his business or not. In terms of growing the business, I don't think any of us could disagree that his tenure has come with with great growth. But now, you know, how does the NHL continue to lead a model that probably allows us guys to go in stages? Maybe it starts with no fans and then to a percentage of fans – because what I wonder about, and I don't know if you guys do, like when does it actually make sense to open the door and play again? When outside of television money, you know, it is hard to generate any other forms of revenue. Yeah, and that's something that I've been just kind of internally going back and forth on. Like when, because like on the one hand, like, I, I understand, I, I will never be in a, a situation where I'm going to lose out on several millions of dollars, at least I'm assuming I won't. But, uh, like, on one hand, when you buy an NHL team, there isn't anything in the agreement that you're guaranteed, okay, and by the way, you're going to make this amount of money every year. Like, it's it's a business like any other, and sometimes 
you got to take it in the teeth. And that's easy for me to say, I've been getting a paycheck this whole time. That hasn't changed. And I, I'd like to think that it's not going to change for the, the foreseeable future. But I, I can see from an owner's perspective, well, I don't really want to be going into this thing with no fans and losing all this money. But also, I don't want to lose the TV money either. Like, I, I really go back and forth on when it makes sense for the the NHL to come back. And from an ownership perspective, when do you have to just draw the line and say, look, I get it. You're paying players and you're not making money at the gates. But also, we kind of got to put hockey games on at some point. It's, it's really a, a fascinating discussion for me. It, it really is. And then the other thing I was thinking about this morning is remember that, you know, ownerships of teams, including the Calgary Flames, you know, those people who own the teams, needless to say, are very wealthy. But let's remember that the, the, how they've built their wealth, guys, hasn't been from operating a hockey team. So, you know, when you think about the Flames and, and a lot of the ownership, certainly Murray Edwards tied into oil and gas and where that is, well, so then you have to take it to the next step. So, you know, it, it's easier if you are only potentially for maybe a couple of years to take some hits in regards to your hockey business. But guess what else is happening in a lot of cases, like look at Jeremy Jacobs, who needless to say, has had a huge say in the NHL chairman of the board, you know, the owner of the Boston Bruins. Well, I'm pretty sure part of his portfolio is, is the operation of arenas and events. Well, there's more on that guy's plate than just the Boston Bruins. So Mm -hmm. you're right, but I don't foresee a situation. And listen, one league I give a lot of credit to and, And part of the model was we generally now have to defer to how do we do this? We have to keep people safe. That is really, really important. We probably can't stop playing altogether because that's not good for the business. I think we've arrived at a point, though, that I don't really see another regular season operating full-time in a hub model, maybe a quasi-hub model, but... You know, just imagine when we all want answers. And listen, I want I want answers. You know, I, I need more employment. I, I, you know, this is affecting me, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm okay with it. I understand the ramifications one way or another. That's that's part of it. And certainly, I'd like to, you know, have some certainty. But but I'm really empathetic to understanding that. You know, the thing that I wanted to talk about the most getting back to the top is, you know, people have to understand in our world right now that there are no easy answers. There just isn't. And whatever they try, like other leagues, like baseball, like what we're seeing in the NFL, it's probably not going to go off without a hitch. So, you know, it's, you know, we're hearing a lot about, about January. I think we're probably in agreement. You know, could it be an all-Canadian division? Might it start that way? Might it start with fans? And then the other thing, guys, is when do you think the majority of the general populace is going to be okay to go back into buildings to even do it themselves? Yeah, well, and that's... I mean, we're seeing in the in the States, 
and it's outdoors, but people are relatively comfortable. Well, at least two to 25,000 of them are relatively comfortable. You can comfortable even throw your glove back games. into the outfield. <laughs> you yeah, catch a ball. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I would want to be doing that in non-pandemic times. Um, no. But uh, yeah, like the, there are people at sporting events now, but then you get into how different it is indoors. And I, I do think there will be a segment of the population where if there was a hockey game at the Dome tomorrow and they said, hey, 25% capacity, come on in, they would have no problem filling that 25% capacity. I can also say I would have no problem not being one of those 25%. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait for a while for that one. See? So, um, and I didn't know what your answer would be. I probably, in, you know, in watching how you've gone about your business throughout COVID and everything that's come down, I probably would have leaned that way. But, you know, even for you, a massive sports fan, someone who works in the business, your situation alone, Peter, talks to the difficulty of coming up with a model that works. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Well, and like just uh, opposite ends, like I, I, I made the decision early on that I wasn't comfortable going into work, so I didn't. And we'll, we'll bring Logan into the conversation because with that, Logan was going in a, a little bit more. So I, I wonder... Uh, not that I, I think Logo is, is recklessly going about his life in a pandemic. I, I'm sure he's doing a wonderful job of it. But Logo, we'll, we'll pose this question to you. What what say you about opening doors of, again, and, and when you might be comfortable going to a hockey game? I think it's I think it's different for everybody. I think at some point we need to to start expanding our our boundaries and start you know pushing on with, with normal life because I don't think this is a sustainable lifestyle for a majority of people out in the world. But at the same time, you, you want to do it in the safest and most appropriate way possible. And I mean, I, I can tell you, Lou, a few weeks back, I hosted, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I was in for Peter and I, I, I asked the question to the text line with, uh, with Riley on the board, would you be comfortable going to a hockey game a couple of weeks ago? And I had the text line blew me away because it was either, I'd be comfortable at a hundred percent, or I'd be comfortable at zero percent. That that was the the sway. There was very few people who were in the twenty five percent capacity uh, for a concert or a hockey game or anything else. It was I'm good to go right now. I would be fine with the Saddle Dome being full, or it was I'm not comfortable with anybody else being there. Uh, I wouldn't go to a hockey game at all. Guys, you know what I love about this conversation, and it's not necessarily maybe for Hockey Central at noon or people who just want to talk about hockey, but I'm okay with this because, you know, these are decisions that we're all making each and every day in our lives. And and the great thing about this discussion is you two guys, you know, might see it a little bit different, but that doesn't mean that we have to ostracize one person for saying I'm not comfortable and, you know, being upset at the other person if they choose to be more progressive. You know, I I think Mm -hmm. we're all going to get to a better place. We just live in such an incredibly polarizing world where it it just feels to me, I don't know about to you guys, like it's got to be one way or another. Why can't it be both? Right. You know, like – it's our choice. 
we need to respect other people's choices, but you know, where we go with things from there is, is frankly sometimes what keeps people apart and what separates people. It's okay to be both. It's okay to say, I'm not comfortable yet, but it's also mm-hmm. okay to say, I understand if you see it different. Yeah. But getting back to the topic and getting away from this one, not that I don't think it has merit, is, um, you know, they're meeting today, the NHL GMs, there's a committee, a uh, that's going to meet and I'm sure the very not too distant future. And you know, what we're all curious about, certainly on this show, it affects all of us and you know, it affects our living in one way or another. And that is when is the new season going to start and what's it going to look like? And you know, this is when it's difficult. This is when as a league and the league's already done a great job once we'll see what they come up with. And I'm hoping that it doesn't become a, you know, players versus owners and that they continue as they did in arriving at a brand new extension in the CBA, that they continue to be collaborative because in our whole world, if we don't get back to being a little bit more collaborative with one another, it's not going to get any easier, boys and girls. No. No, that kind of has to be, uh, to, to steal the sports term, definitely has to be a, a full team effort on this one Yeah, as, as we make our way through because there, there are there are going to be different challenges with an NHL season because, again, we're, we're all assuming the players aren't going to want to do a bubble again, right? Like that's, uh, unless it's a, a vastly expanded one, I, I'm assuming it, the schedule is going to look similar to uh, the MLB or the NFL, probably closer to the to Major League Baseball, where you're only playing the teams in your division or kind of in your area. And while that is limiting, it still has some exposure. And one of the things that I'm fascinated with was, and it's something they didn't have to deal with this last one, how do you handle multiple positive tests because there probably will be some and how many is too many and how many is enough. And it's, there are just so many different things going into this conversation, but the thing that does give me the most hope, and you mentioned it there, Lou, this is the first time I can remember the owners and the players really seemed, when we talk about the full team effort, the owners and the players really do seem to be pulling the rope in the same direction on this one. Well, because that's where, that's how you get to a better place is, is you have to understand that, you know, to use another sports phrase, you need to be in it together to win it more now than, mm-hmm. than ever, you know, and if both sides don't understand whether it's compromise or in this case, understanding that, you know, you're, you're not in the same old neighborhood. So a perfect example is guys, I, I think they're probably going to arrive at some form. Let's just say 50 games. Okay. It's probably not out of the realm in terms of, right maybe a mid-January, late-January start. I still believe because of television um, with with NBC having the rights to the Olympics, if the Olympics do go, starting in late July in Tokyo, Japan, an area, that my guess is the people at NBC probably wouldn't mind if hockey ran right up until that point. So what do you... And, and the other part is, and I did a lot of research today and I've been reading about, you know, television numbers and streaming numbers and how those things are changing. And there's a lot of sports, including the first two games of the World Series, that are down considerably. But again, compared to what? And what I mean by that is we went from like having no sports 
to this giant glut. And now we're about to, you know, with the exception of Sundays, good old NFL, they always seem to smell like roses, don't they? Almost bugs me, to be honest, but that's another show and another time. Um, you know, we're, we're about, you know, when baseball ends, now we're kind of back into a lull again. So, yeah, I, I just, I think that's probably what we're going to look at. Um, you know, I have no, we've talked about it before. I, an all Canadian division, if that's what it's going to be, at least to start, wouldn't, I'd love to see it. I'm hoping, I'm going to actually mm. be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm going to no, be disappointed. Uh, yeah. Uh, to the point, I, I set one up on the video game just to try it. And it's a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> another thing I'm, I'm wondering about, and it's probably, probably more of a discussion than, than we have time for, the NHL is one thing, but there are 50-some-odd contracts in on yes. the books for NHL teams, and those guys got to play somewhere, too. And we were having the, the Tyler Parsons conversation yesterday about where does he go, and is it the American Hockey League, or if the Flames can have three goalies on the NHL roster, like, if they can't, does he go to the East Coast Hockey League? And while we were talking about it, I thought... Is there going to be an East Coast Hockey League for him to go to next year? And like, there are just there are so many different levels of oh. well, if the American League can't play, can the ECHL? And it's just there are so many different questions that need to be answered about this whole thing. I do not envy the decision makers one bit. No, and one of the things on the agenda today is about the American Hockey League. When do they start? How do they start? What does that look like? And remember, when you're talking about leagues, Peter, like the American League or, you know, even closer to home, you know, the Western League, like development matters, right? You Like as you guys mm-hmm. discussed, you have to have places for people to play. And, and that's really, really important to all the decisions that you make at the NHL and the highest level in pro sports. So, you know, for me, those discussions – and how the development model goes forward in a lot of different ways with leagues that, you know, are just because of the scenario, they're in trouble. Let's not sugarcoat it. There, there's, yep. there's trouble. You know, when, when you're talking about leagues that by and large survive on bums and seats, and there's no bums and seats or very limited amounts, there's trouble at the end. Yep. Um, you know, and, and again, just kudos Earlier this week or late last week, you know, one of the great things, and needless to say, the NHL, again, led the way in terms of health. Well, you know, one of the great things the Western League has done with their January 8th start date coming up that seems like they're going to go and they're going to find a way and there'll be a lot of, you know, in-division games and that's it and that's what it has to be. But, you know, to the credit of Ron Robinson and, and the Western Hockey League, guess what they went in search of? They went in search of a, a medical professional and have that guy, you know, employed to help them make decisions. Like, that matters. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, uh, like, just so many different levels to this and so and many Pete, different the, ways. The thing is, too, I think we just all have to understand, no matter what the plan is, and you said this, like, a few minutes ago, and I know we got to run and get there at Francis Fridays, um, but the sooner we just all understand that, like you talked about, what do we do when there's positive tests? We just have to understand, like this time, as baseball and football have shown us, until the medical world completely gets this figured out, 
it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be setbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's tough to take for some, but that is kind of like it, it there's, there's not, we're not going to be at utopia for a while with this thing. It's no, we're not really fascinating. And it, it's important to understand like different people, different needs, different outlooks, uh, people texting in saying that we need to stop believing the hoax. Those are the beliefs I don't, uh, I don't follow, but anything like I understand people have different needs and different wants and different ways of looking about. We all do. I think there's, yeah, there is absolutely a need to respect Again, most of them. The hoax ones, I don't have to. But the, the other ones, um, uh, a need to respect a lot of people's opinions on these. Uh, Lou, we could do this all day, man, but uh, we do have to let you go. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday. Uh, well, there's we never seem to have a shortage, somehow, some way. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the conversation. Everybody have yourself a great weekend. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. All right, some good stuff there with Lou today. We'll keep the good times going. Eric Francis Fridays, next, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Putting a wrap on the work week, it is Hockey Central as it continues on here. Peter Klein and Logan Gordon with you today on this Friday, which means it is Eric Francis Fridays. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Francis. He of Sportsnet.ca and many a pizza pig out. Mr. Francis, how are you today, sir? I'm well. And you guys, have you finished uh, shoveling yet? Or uh, I'm on my second shovel. How about you? Uh, I continue to both be smart enough and broke enough to live in places where I don't have to take care of those because it is a uh, large group place. So I haven't had to shovel a sidewalk in like five years, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, you win. You win. Okay, you win this today. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah, but not, yes, no. It's not that bad. Uh, it, it's not often we talk um, NHL offseason while the snow is falling, but thus is 2020. Uh, the, the Calgary Flames, after a couple of big moves in the first day of free agency, it's been more kind of nibbling at the edges types of moves, at least looking at it from the outside. Uh, but your piece on, on Sportsnet.ca, specifically around Nordstrom, saying that this is kind of, I don't want to say a trend, but something that's important to the Flames when adding some of those quality character players into the locker room. Yeah, like the, the signing of Nordstrom, of course, isn't going to meet the, uh, move the needle or uh, or the signing yesterday of uh, Simon or Simone, however we say it. Um, you know, these are fourth line at best players. Uh, they're going to kill penalties. You know, they're going to have a certain segment of the fan base that are going to really like them because of how hard they work and the and shop blocking and all that. But the bottom line is that this team has done a really good job. I think ever since. I traced it back to when they decided to get rid of James Neal for many reasons and acquire a different, you know, project in Milan Lucic. But you did that, and the main thrust of that trade was because we were acquiring character and fit. This was a guy who was going to fit into the locker room. He was going to be a leader. He was going to add grit that the team needed as well. But, you know, he fit a lot of the intangibles, whereas James Neal was just a, you know, a goal scorer. If he could be that again, you know, he wasn't in Calgary, but – he wasn't a fit in that locker room either. It was very evident that that just wasn't a fit. And it was probably because from the outset, he wasn't going to give the, be given the chance by Bill Peters to be on the top line or two, but he didn't deserve that chance either. So 
at the end of the day, ever since Milan Lucic came in, any little additions they make are based largely around character and fit. And, and Nordstrom's a perfect example of that. I mean, his best friend is Elias Lindholm. Him and Jacob Markstrom have gone on fishing trips and they've gone to watch Champions League soccer games in Spain. Uh, they, you know, they go on golf vacations together. I mean, you don't have to go far to do your research to find out Nordstrom's a good fit with, well, five other Swedes because he knows them all. He also knows two lads from Carolina and Derek Ryan and Noah Hannafin. They're, they're just, he said he knew half the team already, and he's kept very close tabs on the Flames for a long time because so many friends play for them. So Nordstrom's a really good fit, and that character is so important. Like, we look at the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and the big question right now surrounding them is, you know, is there going to be discontent, malcontent in that locker room because of the disruption of adding Petrangelo? I mean, the hockey world applauds it, and the fan base says, that's great, you're adding the, the best UFA out there to your blue line. But, you know, you moved out a real popular guy in Nate Schmidt to do it. Um, how is that going to sit in the room? Uh, you know, these are all things that you can't really judge, but as a GM, I know they pay very close attention to that and make sure that the disruption of this tight-knit group is, is foremost, you know, and everything. And, and all that said, Grant Living says, hey, if I see an opportunity for a trade to bring a significant player in here, even if it's going to have some people's noses out of joint, he'll still do it. But while he's working around the edges, let's make sure that everybody's happy. And that's one of the things that I've kind of learned, because I, I used to be of the opinion, just acquire the most talented players and they'll figure it out. Like they're, they're not going to be, there's not going to be a two on one and say, Oh, I wish Johnny liked me more. But as you go along and as you talk to different people in the hockey industry and guys who've been in locker rooms and guys who have put teams together, it, the, the whole chemistry thing and all of it, like the, it's, it's much more complicated than figure out who's the best, put them all in there and they'll sort it out. Like the, there are so many different layers to constructing a team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny cause you balance between, you know, get, as Trey Living said to me the other day, like, you need the player first, okay? The, play, the player's got to be a good player, and there's got to be a good fit for what you're asking him to do on the roster. But that fit in the locker room is also something that, you know, forces general managers around all of sports is to be psycholo psychologists as well and psychiatrists to a degree because you're also dealing with all sorts of different personalities. But, you know, the Flames learned kind of the hard way that they went out and got James Neal. And, yes, on paper, James Neal is a perennial 20, 25 goal scorer. James Neal's been to the final a whole bunch of times. James Neal on paper is a very, very good acquisition. But James Neal in that locker room was a terrible acquisition, and it was, just didn't fit for a number of different reasons. And, uh, and, and so he decided to remedy that, and the best way to remedy it was you know, by bringing in someone who was going to be exactly what he felt they needed in that locker room and on the ice, but in the locker room as well. So, yeah, you're right. It's not just an all-star team. It's kind of like when we all piece together our fantasy, you know, Team Canada's for the Olympics, well, you've always got to build room in there for, you know, fourth-line players who may not be 50-goal scorers, but they're going to play that role, the Chris Drapers of the world. Uh, you know, that's also part of the, you know, the way you got to look at it. It's not just an all-star game.
Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, another thought I, I have on the, this whole how the Flames have been going about their offseason. Like, is Elias Lindholm getting a cut on some of these deals? Because it feels like he's now <laughs> the main, he's like the main recruiter for the Calgary Flames now. It's everyone who's brought in. Oh, yeah, Elias Lindholm. I mean, A, apparently Elias Lindholm is never leaving Calgary because he loves his place. Uh, and B, he's telling everyone about it. Like, this guy at least should get like an AGM title or something right now. Yeah, it's funny. You know, all roads go through Stockholm and Elias Lindholm. He's the gatekeeper, apparently. And uh, it's funny you ask that because I asked Nordstrom about that. He says, look, when you talk about fees, like, uh, I can't, there's no higher friendship fee than the one that he charges me already because that sandbagger hasn't changed his uh, handicap in four years. And the amount (laughs) of money he's taken off me in the golf course, that should suffice as any fee he may be looking for. So he did address that issue for sure. (laughs) Um, As we look at the the Flames offseason, we we have no idea how long this offseason is going to be. Uh, But but is there anything else on the the checklist for you from a a Flames perspective that Bradshaw Living and company need to address? Yeah, I'm hearing that they're pretty close on uh, getting a depth defenseman. Um, I won't get into who it is, but it's just a depth defenseman. It's not sexy either, but it's going to be... Uh, someone who will just add some competition on the blue line, also give them some depth in the AHL if, he's, if he plays down there. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, the GM still leaves the door open for the possibility of a significant trade. And, you know, had, I do think that there would have been merit to Brad Living just sitting back, not signing any free agents, just watching how everything shook out, and then just going and knocking on a whole bunch of doors and saying, excuse me, I understand you're well over your, your you know, you're significantly over your cap right now. I mean, you can be up to 10% over. Um, maybe I can help you out because I really like this defenseman or that winger. And I think by a trade, I could really help you out because I could also create some cap space for you. Um, he chose not to do that. And I don't think it's a criticism. I think signing a top five goalie in the league is a pretty prudent move uh, in anyone's books. But um, I, I don't see there being any way that they're going to go and affect significant change by swapping out a core player like a five or six million or seven million dollar player you got to trade dollar in for dollar out it's just too hard to make that puzzle fit i know you got a little wiggle room in the offseason but i again he keeps the door open but i think at the end of the day you know brad Chilving said you know at the end of the season you know when we asked him do you think your core needs to be altered somewhat and you know i'm always pointing towards johnny gaudreau but either way you know he says, well, we're going to look at it, and we're going to get back to you. Well, they never get back to you. Uh, but clearly by the moves that they've made, it's pretty you know, pretty obvious to me that he wants to go the route of, say, the last three Stanley Cup winners. And I'm not comparing the Flames to them other than to say, in all three of those cases, there was uh, noise saying, you know, we've got to change the core. We've got to change the core. It's just not going to work. You're never going to win with this group. And people say that about the Flames, or a lot of people say that about the Flames right now. They're not built for the playoffs. I certainly subscribe to that to some degree. But the GM is going to give them another chance together. It's pretty evident to me. All right, enough of this hockey stuff. Let's talk about pizza. Uh, the Eric Francis Pizza Pickout, the home <laughs> edition, uh, on the go right now until the 29th. I uh, was able to partake with uh, some Inglewood pizza and pasta, NFL Sunday. Feel pretty confident reporting there's going to be more sampling going on uh, throughout that day as well. But uh, it's uh, a F- Eric Francis Pizza Pickout like no other. Now that we're kind of in the home stretch, how's it going? Well, it, it, I, I'm pleasantly surprised at how 
much of a response we're getting, and it's because of uh, good soldiers like you. I saw your tweet with from Inglewood, and thank you for uh, helping do the heavy lifting, so to speak, and buying uh, <laughs> pizza, rating it, going to ericfrancispizzapigo.com, and uh, voting for your favorite, but also just spreading the word that uh, you know we want to support all these pizzerias and restaurants. And and I just you know this is the point I kind of really think needs to be made. You know, we had a delivery the other day. The pizzerias have been in the backbone of us raising almost a million dollars over the last 18 years. Uh, pizzerias, we've got nothing. Obviously, the big out is, is pretty, just a bunch of guys standing around and gals. Uh, but the pizzerias are so into this and so thankful that we're, you know, still driving people towards them. They wanted, dozens of them have said, we want to donate free pizzas uh, to give the kids sport families. And that's just, I think that's just the most heartwarming thing and we had a bunch of olympians the other night go and deliver pizzas to a, a kid sport family and they knew it was coming and we've got a gold medal winning olympian delivering a pizza and there's a little girl standing at the door because her family's so excited for a free pizza i mean who isn't and she's wearing her ballet outfit she was able to play ballet or to try ballet this year for the first time because of kid sport and She's sitting there showing an Olympian her, her plies and some of her best moves that she's been learning. And tears are welling up in the eyes of these Olympians who are watching the beauty of this moment. And that's all because these pizzerias really want to give back and donate a bunch of pizzas to families that could really use a hand. So that's kind of the goodwill that we were hoping for. And it's far exceeded my expectations in that vein. It's it, it. This totally sounds like pandering, but I, I've lived in a couple cities, and nothing is like Calgary when it comes to that sort of thing. Like we are in the middle of a, a global pandemic that hasn't exactly been great to the pocketbook of a lot of places, and there are still forty pizzerias in this city that are like, "Oh no, we'll give back totally." And that that need for kids sport uh, is certainly going to grow over the next little while as we continue to work through this thing, and just to, to still have a number of organizations that are willing to give back in that way. Like it, it really does warm the heart at a time where we need something like that. Yeah, I agree, Peter. And like, it's a hard sell right now to go to anyone right now and say, Hey, listen, kids sport still needs to fund these kids. I mean, sports are back on right now and uh, the demand is higher than ever. And it's a hard sell to go to people and say, Hey, can you donate money? I mean, everybody's taking a hit in the pocketbook. I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't been, hit in the pocket but maybe aside from jeff bezos um but you know you got a situation where you can still give by either buying pizza or you know by supporting these pizzerias and these pizzerias not giving money but giving pizza which of course comes off their bottom line but uh even they are so thrilled to see these responses from these families that i think it gets them jacked up to do even more next year and continue on for the next week so you know we're encouraging people to order a pizza or dine in at a local restaurant or pizzeria anytime from now till the end of the month. Post it online. Put a hashtag Eric Francis Pizza Pig out so we can spread the love and the joy and the and the reminder and uh, and, and then vote for your favorites online and uh, we'll keep uh, a good thing going here. Again, the website ericfrancispizzapigout.com. Uh, Francis, enjoy the weekend. We'll chat next week. Thanks, my man. Enjoy the pizza because I know you're going back. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there, there's going to be a couple samples uh, over the weekend. I'm looking forward to, again, just doing my part. You know, it's really your welcome. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to enjoy a little bit more. You give and you give and you give. I love you, buddy. Thanks, man. <laughs>
All right, cheers. There is uh, Eric Francis on this edition of uh, Eric Francis Friday here on Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time to take a break. When we come back, we'll put a bow on Hockey Central at noon and get ready for the big show. Coming up next here on Sportsnet 960. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Putting a bow on Hockey Central at noon for the week here on Sportsnet 960. I'm Peter Klein. He is Logan Gordon. Just wrapped up an edition of Eric Francis Fridays. Looking at the um, the back-to-sport auction they have going on right now. You can click on that when you go to ericfrancispizzapigout.com. Some really great items up for auction. Uh, they're looking to raise $20,000 with the, with the auction. Still a ways to go, but some awesome items on this. Signed Jonathan Taves jerseys up there. You got a Dylan Dubé jersey on there. There's a signed Joe Neuendijk Canadian Hockey Heroes poster that is not going for nearly as much as it should be right now. Some great items available. So go check that out. Again, ericfrancispizzapigout.com. Uh, Peter Klein, Logan Gordon with you. Uh, a lot of talk today about uh, the return to play 2.0, I suppose, whenever we're, we're going to get back for next season. The NBA coming out with a, a couple of timelines that uh, they might be looking at. Uh, Logo, we, we've had these discussions before, but if you were to place a bet, when do you think we're getting next NHL season again? I think probably mid to late January, if not February, to be honest. I think that's probably my my best guess at it. I think that there's just uh, there's too much money left on the table for them to uh, to not try to get fans in the building. So I think they'll they'll try to wait on as long as they can. Yeah. No. I I think it, it's definitely not going to be in 2020. I don't think. Although I didn't think it would be for the NBA either. And uh, Sham's reporting today that uh, December 22nd is being targeted right now. December 22nd, 72-game schedule. They want to get it in before the Olympics. That is snug. Oh, that is going to be uh, a tight turnaround, as they say. Uh, So interested to see what the NHL does. I don't think they're going to to try to be quite at well I think they're going to try to be quite as ambitious I don't think they're going to be quite as ambitious when it comes to uh, a schedule different physical demands of the sport and whatnot so uh, I I'm very interested at this discussion I'm very interested to see where things go with the NHL how that affects things and I'm wondering there are just so many factors that go into this and so many things to look at down the line when you look at the effects on the salary cap. And if we have another season where there aren't a whole lot of butts in the seats, do you bring the salary cap down? And do, do you then risk having a situation that the NBA had where all of a sudden there was a massive influx of money? Everyone had cap space all of a sudden, which was great until the Warriors got Kevin Durant and then just we're an absolute super team for a couple of years. And I think the American hockey league discussion is a fascinating one. And what does it mean for the East coast hockey league? Like there are just Logan, there are just so many layers to all of this. It's, it's not just as simple as, Hey, can we play? Will there be anyone there? Fine, whatever. Let's just do it. There are, are so many different levels to this. I can't imagine being in those meetings right now. Yeah. It's a complicated process. You want to, get back to everything as, as fast as you can. You want to do it in the safest way possible that people are comfortable for it. And that, you know, it's hard because you have to judge, you know, a, a fan base and, you know, just a populace in general, that's, you know, sort of undecided on, on how they feel for that. If you were to open a hundred percent, you know, of, um, 
arenas back up? Would you get a hundred percent capacity? Would you know? Is there money for that sort of thing? Are people you know going to be able to to pay for tickets to go to the Saddle Dome and all that sort of stuff? There's there's lots that go into it, and you know you have to start thinking about the future too because how this affects your team and your franchise is going forward and, you know, the financial difficulty they may or may not find themselves in or, you know, the decisions you make now might have an effect on, you know, actual play and things when things get back to normal. You have to be cognizant of these sort of things. You can't make a a decision today that screws things up massively in three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, you you don't want to, like... I just can't imagine because, yeah, you, you want to get the season in, but you also, like you said, don't want to screw things up down the road. But also, you don't want the, the, the phrase perfect to be the enemy of good. Like, you don't want to wait for the perfect scenario to try to wait. Oh, well, let's just see if we can get fans in. And then all of a sudden, t- something takes a turn. And oh, well, we waited all this time and we still can't get fans in. Like, I, I it's just there's so the, the ping pong ball goes back and forth so much uh, on all of the stuff. It's really, really fascinating. Uh, and I'm sure. Much more to discuss about that as the weeks go along. I, Peter Klein, am at home. Logan is at the Iconic Studio, powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Our third year partnering with Iconic Electric and Controls. Now happy to have them as the studio sponsor for Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You've heard them as part of some Flames broadcasts. A lot of the stuff we've done with the National Football League. They've helped us give away a ton of stuff over the years. Iconic, proudly owned and operated from Western Canada since 2008. And they take great pride in giving back to the communities that we all work and live in. Commitment. It's Iconic. Contact them today at IconicEC.ca. Time for us to take a break. When we come back, the big show kicks off. There is a massive UFC pay-per-view event this weekend. We'll be discussing that. There was a massive football game uh, yesterday. We'll laugh at that. So much to get to on the big show as we start next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.